Say it. Say it. The Boogie Monster with Kyle Kinane and Dave Stone. Mean it. Say it again. The Boogie Monster with Kyle Kinane and Dave Stone. Well, not sexy, like real. The Boogie Monster with Kyle Kinane and Dave Stone. Nailed it. Doing. I just don't. I'm doing it. I got, bad, I got a real bad attitude, today, man. Why you got a bad attitude? Because my fucking toe hurts. Oh man. That's a funny, not to make light of your ailment, but that is a funny reason to have a bad attitude. My toe hurts. Fuck Man, you. I mean, you find out about people that live in constant pain. I've just only been paying for a week, and yeah. I'm like, fuck this shit. What well, exactly kind of pain is it? Like when you say your toe hurts, is it like the bone? Is it? I've never broken a bone, but this I assume this is what it feels like when you break your foot. Hmm. Mildly, but... You know, I thought I was getting better, and now it's I can't really. Like, I was walking on it. I was even dancing. I was at a wedding. I was even shuffling around a little bit on the dance floor and thinking, like, oh, cool, it's getting better. And now it's worse. Is it the whole toe, or is it, like, the tip or the the base? Right where the big toe kind of meets the foot, the okay. whole joint. Ugh. Gout is, uh, yeah, it's whatever uric acid crystallizes and forms uh it forms crystals in where your joint should be. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, where your bones should move smoothly. Instead, as uh, uh, Rachel's grandfather, who was a doctor who I was talking to yesterday, where I met a wolf. <clears throat> we'll talk about that later. It's like, yeah, you ever see one of those medieval weapons? He was describing a mace. It's a ball with all the spikes on uh-huh. it. It's like, yeah, that's what those look like under microscopes. That's what oh. uric acid looks like under a microscope. Yeah, it's super cool and uh, kind of just hangs out and... If it was a broken toe, I'd be like, "Oh, cool! Give me a cast, and we'll fix it." But this is just like, nah. Maybe it maybe it hangs out for till whenever. And your flare ups are they? Uh, can you accurately like pinpoint them to when you eat poorly? No, or it just no. comes randomly. No, I've, I, I've been living how I wanted to live for a year, having had a flare up. Then we're on the road for a week in the Northwest, and I come back, and it felt like somebody snuck in and smashed my foot with a hammer in the middle oh, of the night. Man. So I got a real cool attitude right now, Dave. Well, real cool tude. Sorry to hear that, buddy. Yeah. You old broken man. <clears throat> Fucking fuck this shit. Stupid. <laughs> like, give me something cool, man. Yeah. Give me a real fucking thing. What would you prefer? I don't know, man. What would be a... Yeah, I see. I'm, I'm, I'm bitching because I'm in the middle of it, but uh-huh. I honestly, if I got to get something, this is probably a pretty easy thing. It's It's painful, but it's temporary. <laughs> And it's uh, it's a stupid. Puts me. I'm a big baby, so I don't yeah. even like. I'm like. It's not even like if I have to use a cane. It's not even like oh cool. Oh, I got in a motorcycle accident. Yeah, like that's a cool reason to have a cane, or at least something you can put a cast on. Yeah, well, that's a conversation starter. Yeah, boy, I live. Boy, I did cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Nope. <clears throat> but I saw a wolf. Rachel's aunt has a wolf. I don't know how many. Parts wolf it is, but it seems like a lot part wolf. You sent me that picture. It was huge. It was a giant beast. It like it weighed over 150 pounds. <clears throat> yeah, they, I think she said it was like 140. Man. 140, giant head, super chill. Yeah? So just like just like a like a little dog. Just laying around, just clumping around the house. Are you drink, allowed to have wolves? Drinking out of the toilet. I mean, I guess. She had to go through a whole thing. Do, do it. Wolves. That's in my head. That was a thing that the whole time. Uh-huh. But it was just a big, big dumb, big dumb dog walking around the house. Yeah, it was really, yeah. I was petting. I was hanging out with Wolf. It's pretty a, cool. There's a comic out of Denver. You know, I forgot his name. Jim. Jim. Somebody. He's got a wolf. And uh, really, last, last time I was at uh, a good heroin show here in L.A., uh, he's just hanging out with his wolf dog. Yeah. Just a just a man killer. Just a beast. Yeah. This thing. If it did want to, oh, you'd be dead. But it really didn't seem like it had any. It had zero urge. Like, I think it's like its wolf instincts were uh-huh. definitely, there was something else in it reminded me, like, yeah, man, you would just have to be running through the woods, <clears throat> chasing down food here. This lady just gives it to you. Yeah. Like, why? Like, you got it good. I think, that, I think that's where survival kicked in for that wolf is like, you made it. Mm-hmm. Dig it. <laughs> <laughs> so. <clears throat> Yeah, yeah, that was it. Hmm. I don't know, man. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I got a salty tude. Yeah, and that's what's going on with me. So. <laughs> salty tude, Canaan. Mm-hmm. 
What about you? What's going on? Oh what man, you do this weekend? What happened, dude? I gotta, I gotta, I gotta talk about something. You sure do. I think I got fleas, Dave. Why? Did, why? Because I've been itching a lot. And uh, <clears throat> well, all right. The other, the other day. What the hell? Oh, I might. Oh yeah. Now I guess there's a dog in my building. Oh wow, he's which pissed. Is, which is just great. Yeah. Do you know what kind of dog it is? It's not a fucking wolf. I don't know if that picked up on the audio to the listener, but there's a what sounds like a small dog throwing a shit fit. Yeah. Um, man, the other night, Friday night, I'm sitting at home with the lady, and she's got two cats, and they're they're rad as hell. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Harvey and Truman. Hi, Dave. Anyway, uh, but they're indoor cats. They never go outside. Yeah. And she keeps them nice and clean. And they're, I never see them sitting around, like, itching and scratching and stuff. And uh, the other night, I'm just... But they see you sitting around. I'm just... Scratching. I got shit. Like, like it was like gnats, but you couldn't see them. Like, I couldn't see anything yeah. flying around. But, like, <clears throat> shit landed on my face, on my hands, on my arms. For all night, I'm just... I'm still scratchy from it. And I'm like... My first thought was, oh, shit, okay, the, the cats have fleas. But while I'm doing this, the whole time they're just sitting in the living room, just chill as hell. They're not scratching or anything. Katie's not scratching. I don't know how the hell I got fleas, but it, it stuck with me all night. I mean, everybody listening knows how you may have gotten fleas. <laughs> <laughs> we all know how you live. That's how I used to live. You sure it's not bed bugs, right? Because if it's bed bugs, I'll set you on fire and kick you off the porch of my house right now. <laughs> Man, it's a miracle. Neither one of us have gotten bed bugs yet. As many hotels as we stay in. That, that is knocking on wood right yeah, there. Yeah, man. That scares the shit out of me. But uh, no, I mean, and I, I don't know where the, where it came from. I wasn't out. I mean, I went out for walks and stuff, but it's not like I'm rooting around in the dirt. Your fucking van has fleas. Yeah, it probably does. My van used to have ants. Had a big ant problem. I had ants in my car too. I was like, God, really? I mean, that almost out of. I was almost like res, like respected them. Like mm-hmm. you made it up the tire. Like <clears throat> oh, you crawled in there. Mm-hmm. You know, all right. I used to have so many ants that I uh, I just got used to them. You know, just like a third world third world villager who has flies. You know, just yeah. You, you got used to a lot of stuff, you know, Dave. You should, don't get used to fleas. Yeah. Right? Do something. I don't know what's going on. i got to take a probably, flea dip. You could probably wear one of them collars like a bracelet. <laughs> it might fit like a nice fashion accessory. That'd be cool. Get a collar. Maybe take a dip. <clears throat> you know, just like, uh, yeah, I don't um, But what could it be if, if it's not gnats? you bathe before you ca- came over to my I, house? I shower every day now. Yeah, some, now. Sometimes twice a day. You know what? I'd mock that, but yeah. I'd, I'd take a day off. Yeah. No, now that I don't have to, you know, now that it's not a, a gauntlet of old flabby russian dudes that i got to get through and it's a lot of a, old swinging dicks oh man a lot of old I, that's one thing i don't miss is all the old balls you don't miss old balls oh my god it was part of my daily life just balls as far as the eye could see they dropped far man yeah oh my god right? yeah long ball you got long balls larry you got long, long ass balls long balls that's a curb reference but yeah man so i had fleas friday night and i still made real me. tortoise in the hair situation <laughs> down there whole life hoping for a big crank and then eventually puberty you're like there it is and then a few years later your balls like get out of the way dick i'm coming (laughs) come race race to the bottom step aside dude excuse me excuse me man with big balls coming through um and then uh saturday uh went to a swap meet and I never really knew the difference between a swap meet and a flea market. Coming from the south, we had flea markets. And I never even you heard of them. You don't want to s- make the tie-in right there? Yeah. <laughs> never. Oh, oh, look out. There we go. <laughs> You're oh. itching. This weekend you went to a literal flea market? I, w- I had the fleas before I went to the flea market. Uh, but, man, that's that could have been something there. But um, never even knew what a swap meet was until uh, listening to, like, uh, the Dr. Dre album in the – the early 90s they, they a lot of those interludes talked about sw- the slosson swap meet mm-hmm. and i didn't i didn't know what that was until later i was like oh okay it's like it's like a flea market and uh, in the south flea markets i'm not saying flea markets are good down there but uh there's a lot of bullshit but there's also an element of like oh 
grandpa's treasure treasure <clears throat> chest. You know, like people with crafts. Yeah, a lot of them. a lot of arts and crafts. A lot of uh, leather goods. You know, belts and whatnot, and yeah. baseball cards and knickknacks and uh, what, what, what do you call that? Um, what's the word for like knickknacks? Uh, Garbage. Uh, uh, <clears throat> damn it. Not haberdashery. Tchotchkes? No. T- oh, God damn it. Now it's going to drive me. Anyway, it'll take forever for me to figure that out. What's the origin? What language? What nationality of origin? Uh, nation of origin? Like, you know what I'm talking about? Like, uh, it's kind of like knick-knack. It's uh, Paddywhack? Ah, damn it. Regardless. Are you giving dogs a bone? <laughs> There's a lot of so that you, shit. So you got That's what I associated flea markets with <laughs> was, uh, and, you know, and occasionally you'll have, like, the guy selling. Give the dog a bone. <laughs> the guy selling, AC, like, DC. socks and toilet paper. Yeah. But this swap meet was just nothing but, like, black market laundry detergent and yeah, toothpaste and socks. It's a sorted out landfill. Tools. Yeah, it was. And uh, we went late in the day when everybody was kind of breaking down. And when the it was, good stuff was gone. It was just depressing, man. Just row after row and just a weird hodgepodge of, you know, hey, you need a socket set or a framed picture of Jessica Alba. You know, make me an offer. And just, I, it was a bummer. Yeah, I can't. The, the amount. Of stuff I might find at one of those things versus the driving out to it. And I'm like, man, there's not going to be a treasure there. Like, there's not going to be like, boy, I'm sure glad I got up at 5 a.m. on this Saturday yeah. to drive 25 miles out into the burbs. Yeah. <clears throat> what were, were you just going to go? I mean, I just, can't believe somebody has an actual shopping list for a swap meet. Yeah, just going to go. I did pick up a few things. I got a nice cutting board. I got a new cutting board. Got a new pair of tongs and uh, a uh, Merle Haggard LP. So, yeah. Oh, so you actually you scored. Yeah, it was scored. I scored, man. And uh, I always like to haggle. Cutting board? Wood? Uh, no, like a, like a good, thick, plastic one. Okay. I like the wood ones, but sometimes they warp, you know, when you get them yeah, too I don't wet. think I'd trust a wood cutting board from a flea market. That yeah. probably definitely has evidence. <laughs> I tried to buy a, a, a Louisville Slugger baseball bat from a guy, you know, just to have, and uh, he wouldn't haggle. He wanted twenty. I was like, "You take 15? He goes, "No." It, it, I used to ask twenty-five. And I was like, "All right." Well, why don't you used to ask twenty? Yeah. Take fifteen. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> used to means he's been sitting on that shit for five years, yeah. waiting for that extra five bucks to come around. Yeah. So he he wasn't uh, he wasn't in the mood to haggle. I did haggle. The uh, who sells shit at a swap meet is in the boudin. Yeah, didn't want to haggle, didn't want to budge. You know, at least make a counter. You know, like counter. No dice. When it, you're asking twenty, I say, hey, fifteen. You go, ah, seventeen. You know, but he was just like, no, I used to ask twenty five. I was like, all right, well, see you later. And uh, but I did get a good deal on the tongs and the and the cutting board. I got uh, both of those. I think I think uh, sticker price combined was uh, about fourteen. I gave him ten, and he was like. He's, he mumbled Boy. something. Yeah. So yeah, it was a good day. It was a good day over the old swap meet. But man, just a and just ah oh, man, I just feel bad for those folks. Like just a parade of like the shittiest vans. You know, they're they're, lo- they're loading it up. Just just vans full of monkey wrenches and weed eater parts and yeah, it was uh, it was a bummer. And then they had the uh, they had they had a couple of food trucks. And uh, and one guy just selling hot dogs, and he had like uh, the the Tupperware, the Tupperware dish full of uh, relish and onions that looked like it had been sitting there for three days, had flies swarming all around it. I don't know if I want to eat too much at a damn swap meet. Swap meets? That's just that's the fucking hospice care before <laughs> the dump. That's all it is. It's like you know it's garbage. Yeah, it's not like you're just like giving it its last hurrah, like. <laughs> You know what these 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 placemats with cigarette burns in them? It's garbage, but yeah. let's just give them one last Saturday in the sunshine. Ooh, ooh, bric-a-brac. That's what I was thinking of. Bric-a-brac. Is that a word? Yeah, no, bric-a-brac. What you're talking about yeah. Am I using it right? Is that what I like to I see? Think, no, yeah, bric-a-brac. Bric-a-brac. Just, just little tchotchkes, little shits hanging yeah. around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Little trinkets. But yeah, there was just it was all like either stolen goods 
or old tools. There was no in between. Fencing, fencing material. It was just all tube socks and and then like all right, this one dude had a big old thing, a Listerine mouthwash, which a uh, big fan. Of, I, I uh, you know brand loyalty. Always yeah. been a Listerine guy. Got to keep that that breath smelling good. Sure. And uh, but he had the big one. And uh, I was like, "Hey, how much for that?" And like in the store, that's about six or seven bucks. He's like six fifty. I'm like, "That's I could get that at CVS." Where Did he I, just have one bottle? of No, it? he had a bunch. Like it was sealed. <laughs> but like I was, I saw that. You know, you think of like buying. It, it seems weird to buy like soap and mouthwash and toothpaste at a swap meet. But yeah, then you're like, well, maybe, but maybe I could get it super cheap. You know, still a, weird. Seven dollar thing, a uh, uh, fucking mouthwash. You know, hey, three bucks, two bucks. Okay, score. But he's like six fifty. I'm like, that's a same Mysterine. <laughs> it's Benverine. Okay, this isn't Lister. This is Benverine. Yeah, Benverine's mouthwash. Original, the yellow, the Lysol. Uh, I, I like the uh, the blue. The, the, yeah, uh, everybody the likes the blue. Nobody wants the original one. I don't the mind the original. original. That tastes like toilet cleaner. Yeah, it does. But like it, it, it makes me feel like it works better. Like it just destroys How much evidence do you think got moved around at a swap Oh, meet? man, there's no telling. You know somebody just like, oh, yeah, here's a super cool knife. Mm-hmm. No receipt. See you later. And some guy was selling computer monitors that looked like they were just – they still had bits of broken glass in the keyboard. Like <sighs> this looked like it came right out of somebody's apartment. Also, who, yeah, who still gets a computer monitor? Yeah. You yeah. think about – like when you like think about the – pallets of waste that we're creating mm-hmm. i think you know what that is my I'm, I'm, my foot hurts and it's gray and gloomy out and then i just listened to a podcast kind of spacing out in bed this morning about how everybody's like oh yeah the, the earth will be uninhabitable in at least 200 years uh, probably soon we need to figure out yeah it's sooner than that i just think about the amount of waste because mm-hmm. it's just in my head like everybody got their dell computer set up in the mid 2000s and as soon as like a laptop, like why the fuck did I have a tower yeah. and a monitor? Yeah. And there's just pallets of old Dell monitors shrink wrapped up just sitting somewhere because they yeah. don't know how to dispose of any of it. Yeah. I'm just plastic. I'm full I'm I'm fully on board with the don't give somebody a straw unless they ask for it. Mm-hmm. It's little things. Mm-hmm. Plastic I gotta get water better. Bottles. I'm still, I still buy like the big case of wa- bottled then water. Man, get a refillable jug and a Brita. Yeah, I gotta do that. Yeah, yeah, a lot of waste. Granted, I don't know what disease I'm giving myself using this plastic cup from Porta Call Bar and Grill in New Orleans that I've been drinking out of for five years. I'm sure I'm ingesting whatever, whatever. You know what? It'll give me the cancer, and I'll die soon enough before I poison the world anymore. I got. I'm gonna. I got. I'm in a great mood, Dave. I got a cool, <laughs> great attitude. Oh man, I have no right to be in a bad mood, but I yeah. am. So fuck it. I watched a couple movies this week. What'd you watch, Dave? Uh, I watched one really good one and one really awful one. You which tell one? me, tell me both movies. Which one you want to hear first? Tell me both movies. I'll guess which one you like. Which one? Uh, you like. The Gift, right. not the Gift with Kate Blanchett from like 2000. This is the newer one with uh, Jason Bateman. Yeah. And then I also watched Beatrice at Dinner with Selma Hayek, <laughs> who I've always been a well, big, big I'm fan. gonna guess. Big, I'm big gonna fan. guess you liked The Gift and didn't like Beatrice at Dinner. <laughs> Correct. Which, not knowing anything about Beatrice at dinner, it's got Salma Hayek and the word dinner in it. Uh-huh. So I think, you know, but I'm thinking it's more of an artsy version of Beatrice at dinner. Not like Salma Hayek just goes and talks about chicken wings. Yeah, that would have been much better. Uh, man, what a piece of shit. Just. What is, what's it about? I came in about 10 minutes late into it, but I figured John Lithgow's in it. Um John Lithgow and what's his name from the Blacklist are the same dude now. The Blacklist. What's the Blacklist? With James Spader. You think they're the same guy? John Lithgow's a lot older. Yeah, but look at what happened. James Spader was like okay. bu- was like sexy bully all through the eighties, and Getting now that they're, puffy the same, face. they're the same dude. Okay, I could see look that. Up James Spader, John Lithgow. Speaking of John Lithgow, I watched another movie that I watched years ago. Uh, not not winning any Oscars, but a a fun a fun romp. Uh, Ricochet, John Lithgow and Denzel Washington. Denzel's no, no, uh, but look, look at these fucking guys right here. Bang, 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 bang. Look at those dudes. Yeah, yeah. Same they, dude. Spader's, Spader's young Lithgow now. Lithgow looks like old Bubbles from uh, Trailer Park Boys. Old Bubbles. Yeah. 
Love that character, <laughs> Bubbles. Anyway. Old uh, Bubbles, just as a phrase, is very poetic. <laughs> Beatrice at dinner. Uh, long story short. What'd she eat? Selma Hayek. Uh, what is she? She's a healer. She does massages and weird stone healing stuff. And she uh, went over to this rich lady's house to, to service her, to give her a massage or something. Car won't start when she's ready to leave. They're like, all right, well, we're just about to have a big dinner party. Oh. Like this mansion. Uh, you hang out, have dinner with us, you know, whatever, until you can figure out your car situation. And then I think she somehow finds out that John Lithgow was a real estate mogul who did, who shut down a factory or a hotel in her hometown of somewhere in Latin America. I'm not going to say, I don't know if it's Mexico or Guatemala or wherever, but mm. uh, obviously Selma Hayek, Latina, uh, and she's playing that character, speaking with a thick accent. So somewhere uh, in Central or South America. Uh, but she connected the dots that, you know, John Lithgow's a evil white rich guy who fucked up her hometown. And then uh, she just spends the rest of the movie just lurking around this dinner party, making everybody uncomfortable and like just being real passive aggressive. And John Lithgow's just like, all right, sorry, I'm whatever. I don't know. Just it went nowhere. And then in the end, in the end. <laughs> She has a dream sequence where she stabs him and kills him, and I'm like, oh, okay, there's a payoff, and yeah. then and then you realize, oh, she's just daydreaming. But uh, the final yeah, the scene, dream's such a cheap move. Yeah, the final scene, the the tow truck driver finally comes and 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 helps her out and and hooks up the car and is driving her home, and then she, it's it's set and I obviously filmed out here in L.A. So she's driving down the coast somewhere like around Malibu or Santa Monica, and she goes, stop the truck, stop the truck. And then the guy's like, okay, whatever. And he stops the truck, and she just gets out and walks into the ocean. Roll credits. I don't know if it meant like she's killing herself, but she like walked deep into the ocean to where like the, the waves engulfed her. And she's like, all right, that's the end of the movie. That's a turd just ending. fucking horrible piece that of shit. That is a turd ending. She's like playing guitar. She's singing like acoustic folk protest songs to all these rich people while they're drinking their it's written by mike white brandy uh but yeah that was a stinker but then the gift jason bateman um uh, some guy some other guy i couldn't peg uh he looks like county britain in that he looks like dinner. brian cranston stunt double the uh, <clears throat> that dude wrote and directed that movie and i can't remember his name who and he was also in warrior you're talking about The Gift? Yeah, I saw that in the theaters. Thought it was good. Thought it was a good one. Yeah. Um, so you saw The Gift. Okay. Yeah. A um, little slow at first, but like some – and I won't give any spoilers to this yeah. one, but good twists and turns. Just a, a couple of really good holy shits and uh, solid movie. Jason Bateman coming in later in yeah. life yeah. With, uh, with the career turn after mm -hmm. being in uh, – Arrested Development really turned it all around. Yeah, yeah, but what was it? What was he a teen in? Oh, Hogan's Family. Is that which one it was? Yeah, was it Justine Bateman in that one also? I think. She or was, was Justine Bateman in? She was in Family Ties. We could all. We both have computers. Yeah. But I believe uh, I started. I knew him. And who was the the lead female in Hogan's Family? Valerie Bertinelli or Valerie somebody? But yeah, as a teen, <clears throat> uh, Hogan's Family. But he always, you know, like, I don't dislike him, but uh, aside from Arrested Development, where he's got some, you know, real good, subtle comedic timing, uh, most of his dramatic stuff and even other comedic stuff is pretty, pretty vanilla. Ozark, man. Yeah. Oh, I just started watching Ozark because of that movie. I was, I, I was like, oh, I need to give Jason Bateman uh, another try. And I started watching Ozark, watching the first episode of that. And holy shit, that was good. But yeah, man, The Gift. Not to be confused, like I said, the one the one with Kate Blanchett, two thousand uh, Giovanni Ribisi, Kate Blanchett. That's a solid movie. That that's a little voodoo, little voodoo in that one. Did you see that one? I don't know that one, uh, but it, it was solid. But uh, this one, uh, completely un, unaffiliated with that one, just happened to share the same name. But uh, yeah, twist and turns galore, and holy shit, that final scene. I forgot it already. No spoilers. But I we'll it. talk about it off the air. But yeah, this has been Kyle and Dave love movies. <laughs> Both those get could Doug be, Benson to talk about ghosts. Both those can be found on Netflix, by the way. Go on and check your local Netflix. <sighs> but yeah, other than the swap meet and getting fleas, all I did was watch the movies this week. Got a great recipe at the end of the episode. I'll share that. Yeah, later. take it from old Fleabag. Mm -hmm. Oh, also, and I'll, I'll quit ranting here in a minute. 
Boy, howdy. Uh, <laughs> what are you starting with, boy, howdy? Went to Whole Foods uh, in Glendale on, yeah. a, on a Saturday at like 2 p.m. Man, that's you. Prime. I would rather spend six months in a Turkish prison than, than, go, than spend six minutes in a fucking Whole Foods I, on the weekend here in L.A. I don't Just, do anything on a weekend. Oh, my God. I don't it, do shit on a weekend if it involves like, like capitalism. It was That's horrible. not anti-capitalism, but I'm not going to go to a mall. I'm not going to do any of that shit. It was awful. It was a it was a living hell. Yeah. Just every literally, I'm not exaggerating. Every step I took, I was in somebody's way, or vice versa. Yeah. Like you just and I get the Trader Joe's thing because Trader Joe's is super small, but Whole Foods, normal size store, still just packed to the brim with <clears throat> yuppies looking at fucking avocados. And I just I couldn't yeah, I couldn't move I, I just literally I just yeah, I'm gonna blame you for this oh, I'm gonna blame a, you for going to Whole Foods on a weekend Michael Douglas falling down moment where I was just mm-hmm. oh my god I almost lost my shit yeah and just people I'm, fucking everywhere Why did you go there on a weekend I did, I cooked the thing I, okay. I, I wanted to All cook right. and I'll, we'll talk about that later but yeah. anyway I mean, but you you have the you have the freedom see I like I feel bad for people that got to work all week yeah. And then the weekends are the only time to run around at the same time everybody else. But then you got the freedom of a weekday, dude. I know. I just woke a up weekday. Saturday and wanted to cook this particular dish, so I had to go buy all the stuff. And yeah. my just kids everywhere, and just get oh god, you know. I'm all right. Take a breath. We're both scratch it off, man. We're, I'm still a little itchy. I'm sorry that I brought that to your There's home. shit in my house, Dave. I'll, I'm gonna push your van into the fucking ocean. I'm gonna Salma Hayek your fucking van. That's what I'll do. Oh god. Well, this is the Boogie Monster with Kyle oh, yeah. and Dave. Yeah, I'm Dave. That's Kyle. And um, what did we want to talk about today, Dave? I don't know, man. What do we you feel like talking about something? Well, what, I mean, what will these, what will the listeners do if we don't f- fuck our way around a topic for <laughs> 25 minutes? Well, I got a topic. Uh, this is a topic I wanted to talk about uh, the last couple weeks. Uh, during one Following of, our theme from the Northwest. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we had so much fun on those live episodes, mm-hmm. we didn't didn't get to it. But I wanted to, and this isn't uh, this has been done. A lot of people have looked in this big story. Yeah. But I figured, what the hell? Let's get into some DB Cooper. Yeah, made he was a he was a hockey player that had to learn how to figure skate. <laughs> Is that a reference to something? Uh, yeah. It's the, well, oh, that. Oh, what's that movie? Now I'm deep into it. Gleaming the no no gleaming the cube was Christian Slater yeah, and it was about skateboarding. Uh huh. What was the ice skating? I'm, now I'm looking it up. But you, DB Cooper. For those of you who don't know, you probably know. But if you don't know, cutting DB, edge with the cutting edge with DB Sweetie. DB Sweetie. <laughs> I knew I was making a thing that I knew I was saying something that made sense. DB Cooper is the dude. <clears throat> Or that's the name. First of all, uh, everybody says that's the name he gave. He gave the name Dan Cooper uh, after this incident that I'm about to describe happened. Uh, a few days later in the newspaper, there was a typo that referred to him as D.B. Cooper, and that uh, that handle just stuck because D.B. sounds a lot cooler than Dan. But uh, Dan Cooper was the alias that this unknown man gave uh, when he hijacked a fucking airplane November 24th, the day before Thanksgiving, 1971. Uh, this guy named he bought a one way ticket from uh, Portland to Seattle. That's a that's a quick flight. That's like thirty minutes. Sure. Paid twenty dollars cash, gave the name Dan Cooper, and uh, hijacked it, uh, and, and demanded two hundred thousand dollars. Long story short, he got the two hundred grand, and then he bolted. He, he parachuted out of a damn Boeing seven twenty seven. Into the cold night of the Pacific Northwest. What date was this? What, Never to what be time seen. Of year? November twenty fourth, nineteen seventy one, day before Thanksgiving. And uh, yeah, that's almost fifty years ago. To this day, nobody knows who. There's a lot of suspects. A lot of people, you know, hey, I think it was my uncle, or hey, I think it was my neighbor. We'll talk about that later. But uh, yeah, never caught him. Don't even know if the guy. You know, a lot of speculation that that he didn't survive the the jump. But yeah, so anyway, D.B. Cooper, and there's a, there's a couple of infamous uh, sketches. I think the dude looks like, I think they should be talking to Jerry Lee Lewis, 
because I think the sketch looks a lot like Jerry Lee Lewis, oh, <laughs> and or yeah. uh, pitching great Sandy Koufax. I think uh, I hope that the FBI. He looks like every dude from. He looks like Frank Sinatra. He just looks mm-hmm. like a, the guy. He looks like the guy a, from the fifties. A regular guy. Yeah, suave dude. <clears throat> yeah, he does not look like a. I think he looks like Jerry Lee Lewis, minus the crazy hair. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, so yeah, dude uh, buys a plane ticket in Portland. Uh, twenty bucks, twenty bucks cash for that one way ticket. Gets on the plane. Uh, after the plane takes off, uh, he's got a he's got him. Uh, he's dressed real nice. He's got like a business suit, coat, tie, jacket, and all that shit. He's got. Uh, they keep calling it an, an attaché case. What's the difference between an attaché case and a briefcase? Is there a difference? They serve a different purpose. I don't know, man. Sometimes I think it's the one that maybe just opens on the top, like a briefcase. You got to lay flat and open. Oh, okay, okay, gotcha. So he had his attaché case and uh, sits down, sits uh, towards the back of the plane, orders uh, a bourbon and soda. They say he's uh, talk, they talked about how he's drinking a couple of these bourbon and sodas, smoked about eight or ten cigarettes, uh, Raleigh cigarettes. I don't even know if they make those anymore. Don't think so. But uh, a few minutes uh, after they, uh, is it? Ascend, ascends going upwards, right? As opposed to <clears throat> ascend, yeah. yeah, descend. A few minutes after they ascended, uh, he hands one of the stewardess. Like how you tried to use a big word uh-huh. and then still had to get it correct. You could have said take off a few minutes after they took off. <laughs> oh god, not a smart man. He hands a uh, flight 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 attendant stewardess. What, what's the correct thing now? You can't call them stewardesses anymore, right? I think we go with flight attendant. Flight yeah. attendant. You want to just pause? We can go over all the language you're trying to use in this one. <laughs> Dave's go with you, words. You just pitch the whole episode mm-hmm. to me, and I'll tell you which ones. <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry, that's I all right. Got that tuned, man. That's okay. I bring it on myself. Hands a flight attendant uh, a note. She immediately doesn't even look at it. She just puts it in her purse like, oh, another another creep trying to give me his phone number. He notices that she doesn't uh, read the note, and uh, then he uh, calls her back over. He goes, hey, ma'am, uh, you might want to read that note. I have a bomb. And she's like, oh, shit. You might want to read that. You might want to read that note. I have a bomb. And uh, orders her to sit down next to him, and uh, she asks to see the bomb, and he opens his attache case. And uh, sure enough, looks like a bomb. It's got uh, eight red cylinders, a bunch of wires. Who knows if it, it was a legit bomb or not? But uh, she's like, oh, oh, crap. All right. Well, we're going to listen to It's pretty to easy now. to make a fake-looking bomb. Yeah, I would imagine. <clears throat> if I see an alarm clock anywhere not near a bedside table, I'm like, that's a bomb. Speaking of which, let's sidetrack for a moment because uh, I'll forget if we don't. Sure. You, I finished. I finished uh, Evil Genius. Yeah, watch that Evil Genius. You finished it all. Yeah, it's only four episodes. So, watch. What, what do you think? Do you think uh, dude was was in on did it? Were the, we talk about? Did we talk about it on another thing? I mentioned that I was starting to watch it. I don't know if we gave any. Watch it. It's about the the guy who had a bomb strapped to his neck for the uh, in uh, Erie, Pennsylvania, for mm-hmm. about ten years ago. Yeah, oh three. Okay, about fifteen years ago. They put a they put a bomb in this guy's neck, made him rob a bank. Mm-hmm. Um, evil genius! Uh, you will hear the whole story unfold about who was involved with the crime and whether or not the guy with the bomb strapped around his neck was involved with it or unwittingly. Like how, how much did he know? I think he was just a slow fella. Well, there's one of three scenarios that probably that took place. Either one, he didn't know those the crooks at all, and they just ordered a pizza, and they were like, whoever brings this pizza, this is going to be our pawn. But they proved that he knew them. Do they prove that? They pr- they said that they somebody saw him pulling out of their of their uh, that one guy's driveway. The day yeah, before. but that he was also seeing prostitutes at the guy's house, who right, was right. a fishing buddy of the mastermind lady. Right. Okay. Well, there goes the first option. So yeah, so second one, he uh, he was a willing. We're ruining it. Spoiler yeah. alert! If we got to tell people that kind of thing. But yeah, I, the the big mystery is was he in on it or not? Yeah, it's not a spoiler when mm-hmm. it was a true crime story yeah. that has already unfolded mm-hmm. and the information's out. There. Yeah. Um, I think he was in on it, but didn't. And they probably told him, and he probably believed. Oh yeah, don't worry about it. This this looks like a bomb, but it's not a real yeah. bomb. And then when he's out there in handcuffs on the ground, and then starts to hear it tick. Yeah. Then he's like, oh shit. Yeah, I think they probably told him. He seemed like a slow fella, and they told him that it was fake. 
Yeah, poor bastard, man. And then they show, they show it that first time. Mm. Just real quick, but enough to where you're like, God damn. Yeah. But yeah, good uh, good series, uh, Evil Genius. But uh, anyway, so I, just, I, I wanted to get your thoughts on that. But uh, anyway, so dude has a bomb on the plane, and he says he wants $200,000. And he specifically asked for $20 bills. He wanted $10,000, $20 bills. Now, if I'm jumping out of a dam, if, if I know that I'm going to parachute with my, with my mm-hmm. loot, why not get $100 bills? It would literally be five times lighter. It's, I mean, harder, it's harder to spend $100 bills. Oh, okay. It's easier to track them. There's less $100 bills in the world than there are 20s. There you go. There you go, Kyle. Good one. I was just thinking of like the difficulty of like, man, I think they – whatever that weighed, I think they said it weighed like 23 pounds. So he's, he's yeah. jumping out of an airplane with an extra 23 pounds. So anyway, he, uh, he, uh, he wrote so I don't a letter. I understand why people don't counterfeit $5 bills. Hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, who's tracking those? But he's trying to go big time with counterfeiting. Counterfeit small, small amounts. <clears throat> so you're never detected and just keep the operation going for a long time. Mm-hmm. And just li- try to live. Hey, t- hey, criminals, try to live within your means. Yeah. Five bucks at a time. Live sensibly, criminal masterminds. <laughs> I always get slightly offended when I try to spend 100 and then they hold it up. And I'm like, well, they just got it. If it's it. not real, it's not my fault because that's what somebody gave me. Anyway, he, he, he gives her another letter with his demands. He wanted uh, $200,000 in $20 bills and uh, four parachutes. And he wanted to land – when they landed in uh, Seattle at SeaTac Airport, he wanted a fuel truck standing by to refuel up because uh, it's unclear. I think he said he wanted to go to Mexico or maybe Reno. The, ultimately, the plane went to Reno. So anyway, he's on the plane from Portland to Seattle. Tells the stewardess, hey, I got a bomb. Here's a note of my demands. She relays all this information to the to the pilot and the flight engineer. They start relaying it to the to the tower, and they land in Seattle. And uh, they give the excuse uh, that everybody has to everybody has to stay on for an extra time because I don't know there was some mechanical issue. He agrees to let all I think it was like thirty six or thirty nine passengers go. Yeah. Five people stay on the plane, including him, two stewardess, uh, two flight attendants, rather, and two of the pilots. So everybody gets off except uh, him and the four employees. It takes several hours for the police department to get all their shit together. Uh, I think the the commissioner of the SeaTac Airport was the one that uh, approved the two hundred thousand dollars. They somehow, from multiple banks, they gather up the two hundred thousand dollars, somehow get it to him on the plane. They refuel. They take back off. So now it's just him. And yeah, the other so four, four parachutes. Four parachutes, and uh, a couple of two backups. I don't know. I don't know all the details with the parachutes. However, later during the investigation, they thought uh, initially they thought, well, this guy, if he's got the balls to jump out of a commercial airplane, he's probably got a military background, maybe a, a paratrooper in the army. Um, but they thought that, you know, on first note, you would think that. But then they said, upon further uh, reflection, they were like, well, he used. The two shittiest parachutes. He didn't use the really good ones, meaning like he probably – they think he didn't know which ones were the – he didn't know anything about them. Enough. Why would you trust – hey, I'm robbing you. Also, get, make sure you give me a way to get away. <clears throat> well, if – I mean if you got a bomb, you do whatever I say or else you know I'm going to blow myself yeah, and everybody else Here's up. a parachute mm-hmm. with the shit that doesn't work in the parachute. There you go. Jump off the plane. Oh, you dumb, mean dumb. give him a shitty one yeah. or give him a, a defective one? Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, I don't know. Maybe he's going to unfold a whole parachute on a, inside an airplane to check it. That's that's a good point. Everybody involved in this is dumb. <laughs> so they take off again. They take off. Now they're Backpack heading south. full of dildos. There you go. Good luck, fuckface. <laughs> And they had a couple uh, couple fighter jets. Uh, That's our adamandeve.com spot, by the way. <laughs> a backpack full of dildos. It's uh, 50% off. Oh, my God. It's back to school savings. Um, they, they start those early. They start those sales early now. <laughs> anyway, so what happened? Sorry. So <clears throat> he got uh, <clears throat> the uh, – let's see. Where am I at in my notes? <laughs> he, got his, he got his parachutes, and he used two shitty parachutes. He jumped out somewhere around, they think, uh, 
I think around the uh, the Washington Oregon border, uh, many miles east of like Portland. So mm-hmm. they, that's where they think. Of course, when they they figured out they were able to detect like the exact route that the plane took, and then based on uh, cabin pressure, uh, when he opened that hatch door, there was a change in pressure. Yeah. So they they figured out the change of pressure would have probably been the exact time when he jumped, based on the location and the time. The the problem with catching him uh, after the fact was the uh, the zone that he could have landed in was 28 square miles. So that's a, that's a big area to, like, what, what, boots on the ground. What altitude did he jump out of? Uh, I, he did – I can't remember the exact – he wanted uh, he wanted to fly extremely low. I want to say it was, like, 10,000 feet, whereas, like, normally – Like, out of parachuting. Yeah, oh. normally those planes fly at, what, around 30,000 feet? Yeah. So he wanted it to go super low. And super slow. He made them slow down to 200 miles an hour. That's why these fighter jets that were tailing him, uh, they couldn't they couldn't fly slow enough. So they had to keep doing like these giant go way ahead uh, okay, and okay, do these okay. circles and circle back. So um, anyway, so they said the dude, um, uh, the flight attendant, said that he was super polite, super chill, wasn't nervous, uh, even paid for his drinks. That's weird that you're going to hijack a plane and get $200,000, but he paid – Paid for his two bourbons and sodas. He's a classy criminal. He's yeah. one of them sophisticated. Yeah, yeah. It's a heist. And uh, when it's a heist, you tip. <laughs> when it's a robbery, you're a dick. But when it's a heist, you're like, oh, I got to put on a suit. That's the difference. <clears throat> I like that. Um, the flight the, the flight attendant said that uh, while they were up there, uh, before they were about to land the first time there in Seattle, that he made comments like, oh, it looks like Tacoma down there. So they think that he was very familiar with. They, they think he had some sort of uh, military or, or aeronautics uh, background in the sense that he could yeah. he could spot he could identify the terrain from the ground. But like you you know you're going from Portland to Seattle like uh, yeah, yeah I looks fly like, enough I could pick out Burbank I could pick out yeah. Sherman Oaks yeah oh it looks like Tacoma oh you mean the city just south of Seattle yeah it does look like that but he also said that he he mentioned that uh, McCord Air Force Base was close by so maybe he had some sort of knowledge. You know, some inside knowledge of Air Force bases and able to identify and locate so this them. this guy who just kept uh, giving clues off in the plane and then magically jumped out with $200,000? I think the crew took it. Oh, really? Think I mean, right? I didn't read up on it. I'm just speculating. I think they made up a <laughs> fucking fancy, fun criminal, and then they hid the money in the airplane. <laughs> fancy, just, fun criminal. And then all split it. <clears throat> Um, four people left on the plane. Split it fifty. F- split it four ways. Fifty grand each. It's hmm. interesting. Uh, let's see. It's seven forty uh, is when they took back off from Seattle in the Boeing seven twenty seven. Uh, five people total on board. Two F F one hundred six fighter aircraft scrambled from McCord Air Force Base, and like I said, they uh, they couldn't fly slow enough to keep up. What's the opposite of keep up? Yeah, I guess it works both ways. Keep up with this uh, mm-hmm. plane. So they had to keep making these huge circles, kind of doubling back. After takeoff, uh, DB, or Dan, he ordered the uh, flight attendants and everybody to go into the cockpit and lock the door. So now he's alone in the cabin in this giant plane, and that's when he begins to uh, to put on his, his uh, whatchamacallums. <laughs> Just had a brain fart. Parachutes. <laughs> put on his Parachutes. And he straps. He somehow weaves uh, a rope or belt around, somehow securing the uh, the bag of loot. And then uh, they they think at approximately eight thirteen, the aircraft's tail section sustained a sudden upward movement, uh, significant enough to require uh, trimming back on the plane to to level it out. And uh, at ten fifteen, it landed. That plane landed in Reno Airport. And nobody was for sure that uh, you know that nobody saw him because everybody was in the cockpit, the the four other yeah. uh, staff members. So they weren't. They they figured okay that air pressure, that change in pressure, maybe. And they knew that that door, that latch, that rear latch opened. So they assumed maybe he jumped out, but they weren't they weren't certain. So when they land at ten fifteen at Reno, uh, FBI agents, state troopers, deputies, Reno police, everybody surrounded the jet. And uh, big standoff until eventually they're like, "Oh shit, he's not in here." So, so wait, he forced them to stay inside the cockpit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Or they would know that – I'm just kind of trying to come up with my own theory. Or they would know that the change of air pressure would be bad, so they just mm-hmm. all stayed up there while mm-hmm. somebody kicked open the back door. Yeah. Or he kicked open the back door, and then he had no oxygen. They didn't have anything like that. Mm-hmm. So at 10,000 feet, I don't know if you could still just breathe easy. I mean, if you can jump from that high, you know, those – let me see what, what – Skydiving height is. I would I would think he would make them all go up there so they wouldn't know exactly what time he jumped. Yeah. If you knew exact, if you could pinpoint the moment he jumped, standard jump altitude is twelve thousand feet. So mm-hmm. that means at ten thousand feet, you could be up there breathing all right. And those mm-hmm. skydiving planes, the doors open all mm-hmm. the time. Yeah, he could have just opened it and then just chilled out in there until it got right by Reno. It hmm. doesn't mean he jumped out when the door opened yeah. up. If he forced him in there. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that's probably why he did that, so they yeah. wouldn't know. Because I, I feel like if you knew exactly when and where he jumped, then you could figure yeah, out kind yeah. of so a, you have a no zone. idea from where. I, I think the crew took it, man. The crew concocted all this <laughs> shit. Oh, man, that's funny because I've not uh, – there's a lot of theories. Why would, why would he ask for four parachutes? I don't know. I'm looking up my theory right now. You got more facts? <laughs> I got a few facts here. Let's see. As far as the investigation, uh, they, the FBI agents recovered 66 un- unidentified latent fingerprints aboard the airliner. He kept the note, by the way. Uh, that was the first thing they asked for. Hey, where's that note? And uh, after he gave the note to the flight attendant, he took it back, which is smart. Uh, agents also found uh, his black clip-on tie. He had a, he had a clip-on tie, not a real tie. Yeah. And... Um, he left two of the four parachutes, so he only took two of the parachutes. I guess one one primary and one backup. Um, one of one of the ones he left had been opened, two shroud lines cut from its canopy. Um, they interviewed some witnesses in Portland, Seattle, and Reno, all of those who personally interacted with Cooper that day, and a series of composite sketches was developed. And uh, yeah, those are pretty infamous now. Those have kind of been everywhere. There's one sketch. Uh, when he initially um, talked to the flight attendant and gave her the note, he was not wearing sunglasses, so she got yeah. she gave a description of him without. And then when she came back uh, after telling the uh, the pilot what's up, he had donned some sunglasses. So yeah, man, weird. Show. Let's see. Yeah, uh, man, I think the fucking crew. Took you think so? <clears throat> Absolutely. I think they took. Why would you get? Why would you ask for four parachutes? There's four people left on board. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Nobody knows. Okay. So the only person that saw him was the the steward, flight attendant. Yeah, the flight attendant. Yeah, that's the only person who saw him. And I think maybe some other passengers who had been released. But none of the passengers know what was going on because they were all just released. Mm-hmm. Of like, oh, the flight screwed up, right? Is that what's yeah. happened? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> they didn't know it was a thing anyway, so mm-hmm. they weren't paying attention to the yeah. guy. So they don't know if they saw a guy or not when yeah. they got off the plane. True, true. That's not. I can't believe that's not a theory that the pilot and the two flight attendants didn't put this together themselves. Well, I mean, they were obviously everybody on board was obviously interviewed ad nauseum. I'm sure, like, oh, the money's not here, so like. The money came on the plane, but it didn't come off with them. So, like, no, how of would? Of course not. It was just stashed on the plane. Mm-hmm. And they're like, "Oh, there's this story, and the guy jumped out. We got to look for him." And they went back anyway, and retreated. Here's my stuff that I travel with. Uh huh. Look at all the stories about how flight attendants got to just were drug dealers. Uh huh. All the stories. I mean, the one from Blow and Blow. how they said. But you know, but the fact that nobody checked that shit. Uh-huh. Well, I'm sure they checked. Don't you think? Are you sure? Well, I'm not sure. I would assume. I would assume they would check everybody's luggage. I'm not. I mean, that's a shitty job by the FBI if they just. Okay, Imagine y'all, that a y'all, shitty job y'all the, go ahead and grab your own fingers. bags and get out of here. No, I think this is. That's my angle. That's hmm. what I think. Really? Without. Any research on my own part and mm-hmm. whatsoever. That's what I'm saying. Okay. I think he, I think they I think they came up with a great story. Nobody else could have seen this guy. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, we'll talk about suspects here later. Maybe well, this this might have to be a two parter. There's a whole laundry list. He used cash to buy a one way ticket, mm-hmm. which means you got no you got no 
credit card to worry about. Mm-hmm. I guess back then you didn't have to present an ID. Unless he had a no. fake ID, Dan Dan Cooper. Anyway, as far as the money, a month after the hijacking, FBI distributed a bunch of lists of the ransom serial numbers uh, to financial institutions, casinos, racetracks, other businesses that were routinely conducted significant cash transactions. And uh, by the way, this is Northwest Orient uh, Airline. They offered a reward of 15% of the recovered money. Up to a maximum of, of twenty five thousand in uh, early seventy two u s Attorney General John Mitchell he released his serial numbers to the general public in seventy two two men used mm-hmm. counterfeit twenty dollar bills printed with cooper's serial numbers to swindle thirty thousand dollars from a Newsweek reporter named Carl Fleming in exchange for an interview with a man they falsely claimed was a hijacker so somebody they released these uh serial numbers and then people are automatically starting to counterfeit them. In an effort to, no way, that's crazy. Did it now in 1980? About what nine years later, they uh, right there on the shores of the Columbia River, about five miles north of Portland, uh, some kid and his dad were uh, horse playing around, having a little mm-hmm. picnic, a little father and son, good time. And uh, kid finds three bundles of uh, decrepit old mildewy. Twenty dollar, uh, three bundles of twenty dollar bills, over five thousand dollars that this kid found, and uh, they turned those into the FBI. And sure enough, those uh, serial numbers matched. So that created a whole new problem as far as the investigation, because where they found where they, where they found this money, like I said, five miles north of Portland, right there on the on the banks of the Columbia, that was way off of where they thought the targeted jump zone was. This is uh, just way off of yeah. their route, and they're like, "Well, shit! How did this money?" Crew chucked it out. You think so? For bait, yeah. Other Chuck people, it. other theories are that uh, DB returned and purposely buried some of that money just to kind of throw off the scent of the investigation. Yeah. So. No, I got my. We'll go over the suspects in part two, but I, I got mine. I know what I did. Yeah. I know. I know. I got. I solved it. What do you got? I solved it. It's a crew. You gonna tell us now? Why didn't like, they, they investigate the crew? I mean, I'm, uh, I'm not sure, but you would think that. I mean, like with any bank robbery, they yeah. they investigate all the employees just to make sure it's not an inside job. That just seems like a logical first step. Let's let's interview everybody who witnessed it and everybody who was on scene just to make sure they're not a part of it. You yeah. don't you don't think that they uh, went over those. Flight attendants and pilots with a fine-tooth comb? Mm. So what you're saying is they would have gotten that 200000 stashed it somewhere on the airplane, and then once the FBI left, they just mosey on, double the, back? The flight attendant that was the go-between left her job a decade after the Cooper caper, according to the Daily <laughs> Cooper News. Cooper caper. Yeah. According to New York Daily News. And... Uh, Went into a convent in Oregon. Hmm. So that's what you do when you're guilty. Ah. <clears throat> yep. I just don't know how they would retrieve the money. I don't know how they would get out. We've got a whole airplane, and all they're doing is looking for a guy that jumped out of the airplane already mm-hmm. with money. So, so based on your theory... DB was in on it too, though. Like, there's no DB Cooper. Oh, there never there's was no DB Cooper at all. Gotcha. Okay. This whole flight thing, like, all right, listen, we land, we tell him that there's a guy on board with a bomb. He wants it's this much money. Nobody else saw the guy other than the pilots and the, the okay, crew, the two flight attendants. Okay, nobody on the plane's gonna know. They're not even paying attention. Oh, yeah. sorry, mechanical problem. We all got to get off. Nobody's gonna remember a guy. You know? Yeah. If there was no scene, cool. We take black off. We got the money. Throw some of the. Why would you ask for four parachutes? Why would you even trust a parachute? I'm robbing you. Give me a parachute. Again, they open the door, throw out some of the money, and then stash the rest of it anywhere they want on an airplane. Uh huh. You know. Hmm. Well, one thing I didn't quite understand. Do they fly the same planes, the same flight patterns back and forth? They recover the money later. Hmm. One thing I didn't understand when I was researching this is. they landed. The, mm-hmm. 
they took off from Portland. They were supposed to land in Seattle. They did land in Seattle, yeah. but then they they told everybody something mechanical, like we're we're at our destination. Just let everybody get off the plane. I don't know why they, unless like they had to taxi for a long time, and then they made up an excuse for that. Yeah, but like it's not like they had to make an emergency landing or. You know, oh, this isn't our final destination, but we got to land and get off here. It's like, no, this is where we were all going. Unless there was like a connection. Like, oh, because that happens sometimes. Like in connecting yeah. flights, all right, just people, you know, when they, the, it's the same plane. They closed the case on July 12th, 2016. Mm-hmm. It's been yeah. a lot of, uh, a, just so many suspects. A lot uh, recently, just the other day, and we'll get into this next episode, but mm-hmm. uh, every couple of years, somebody comes out. Saying that, oh, yeah. he was my uncle, and most of the time it's and it's because they they wrote a book about it, and they want to get some attention for their book. But uh, yeah, we'll dig deeper into your theory next week. That uh, hmm. now theory when you're right, the <laughs> <laughs> fact. So yeah, it's all calculating smarter than the FBI. <laughs> I got a cane already. I'm like house, but a detective instead of a doctor. Oosh, make that. Uh, Turn your cane into a cane gun like, uh, oh, like Evil Genius did. The most obvious giant triggered shotgun he walked into a bank with. <laughs> anyway. Oh, boy. All right. Well, All right. Well, we'll get into the suspects next week. It's, uh, it's a long rambling list. But, uh, yeah, uh, almost 50 years later, they still don't have any hard proof of who it could be. Mm-hmm. Or even if he's alive. This is why the lady that became a nun afterwards, mm-hmm. she knows. Yeah. Probably talk to her. Yeah, she she got she got absolved by Jesus, and now she doesn't have to tell the cops because she got forgiven by Jesus. <laughs> that's mine. That's what I think. They only they only found one lady. They didn't talk to the pilots. They didn't talk to any other people. All right, sure. Oh, what do you got? You got a got a recipe, dude? What you got, dude? I made some damn I. I've talked about this before. One of my favorite foods in the world, my favorite types of cuisine, Indian food. Uh-huh. I've been eating Indian food since before I was born. And uh, no, not really. <laughs> I think that's why I love it so much. I didn't get into it till late in life. I didn't, yeah. I didn't. Growing up in north rural Georgia, wasn't a lot of uh, Indian food around. Uh, but when I started traveling as a comedian, going all over the country, yeah. I uh, get exposed to all kind of new it's stuff. A reliable dish. Yeah. And I've uh, been eating, oh, just a big fan. But I've never cooked it. Never cooked any Indian food. So I found a recipe for butter chicken. You ever had that butter chicken? Like I'm sold just I mean, from is the that name. Just not, this is not like it's, tikka masala. It's very similar to chicken tikka masala. I don't know what the difference is. I'm sure it's a little bit different spice blend or whatever. Uh, usually, butter chicken is more of a kind of a yellow, light orange color, where the chicken tikka masala is more of a, a hearty red. Anyway, just a real basic dish. Uh, full disclosure, I uh, got to give a shout-out to Maddie Matheson. I found his recipe and tweaked it. Um, I, I watched one of his videos. I, I like that dude. Man, I don't a, lot, know that a lot of that Viceland <laughs> stuff, uh, a lot of those guys are just too cool for school. Oh, uh, is he yeah. like a <clears> – he's, he's on Viceland. He's a Canadian dude. I think he's a former punk rock dude. Oh, is he like a screw-up with face tattoos? Yeah, he's got – Finally got, found his home in the kitchen? Got the neck tats. <clears throat> got the knuckle tats. But like Action Bronson, just too cool. Just can't, He's so chill and fresh he can barely stand up. <clears throat> Same thing for so Eddie Wong. But uh, Maddie Matheson just seems like a little more of a... Excitable guy. Yeah. But anyway, he's got a great uh, recipe here. So um, full disclosure, uh, based on his, but I tweaked it just a little bit. So here's what we got for some good butter chicken. It sounds like a a complex recipe, but it's really Everything butter chicken. (laughs) Come on. <laughs> All right, here's the ingredients list. Six t- six tablespoons of olive oil. Grow up. Uh, I used ten garlic cloves. He he called for five. I used ten. Ten two. Um, two, two red fists of garlic. Two red chilies. Uh, two medium yellow onions. Uh, three uh, chunks of ginger, about the size of your thumb. Uh, he called for ghee. I don't have any fucking ghee, which is clarified butter. That's I a karate outfit. Just used a little more olive oil. Uh, in addition to that six tablespoons of olive oil, get you about another quarter cup. Set that aside. Uh, three tablespoons of tomato paste, three tablespoons of turmeric. 
Is it no? Is it turmeric or turmeric? Ah, that one's. I never could figure that one out. Uh, Two tablespoons of chili powder. Two tablespoons of. uh, I'm gonna mispronounce this. Garam, garam, garam masala. It's a it's an Indian spice. Uh, two tablespoons. <laughs> you looked at me funny, like I said. I, you're looking at me to help you out. That man, I get the regular English shit, but don't come at me with food stuff. Two tablespoons of ground coriander. Two tablespoons of ground cumin. Uh, you're gonna need about three and a half cups of tomato puree or just regular tomato sauce, not spaghetti mm-hmm. sauce. But you can buy just straight up in a can tomato sauce that doesn't have a said tomato. Right tomato, there. Uh, not not necessarily spaghetti. A spaghetti sauce will work in a pinch. Little spaghetti, but, uh, just tomato sauce. Um, he called for a tablespoon of dried dried uh, fenugreek leaves. Don't know what the hell that was. Couldn't even find that in the store. And uh, he used chicken breast, Maddie. I, 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 that's where I'm disappointed. You should know, guy like you with your skills should know that chicken thighs is the way to go. I so use chicken thighs. You didn't. You did not hold to this. Yes. Yeah. No. I mean, whatsoever. I used it as a base, but that's why I got to give him credit. I'm not trying to bite his shit and claim it as my and own. You remixed it. I remixed it, but his is a base. But uh, I use two pounds of boneless, skinless chicken breast. You need two cups of heavy cream, and then finally uh, eight tablespoons. That's a whole stick of unsalted butter. And then uh, some fresh cilantro for garnish and jasmine rice to serve it with. So here's what you do. Uh, pretty simple as far as the steps. First thing, get you a blender. I love this. This is how I make uh, – I do my chili and my gumbo where I start with a puree. In that blender, put your uh, six tablespoons of olive oil, your ten cloves of garlic, those two red chilies, the onion, and the ginger. Throw all that in the in the blender. What's the difference between a food processor and a blender? <laughs> I don't know. That's a good question. Okay. I think uh, maybe a food processor has a lot more uh, different settings where you could pulse and chop and grate and blah. I, I just did that already. I just gr- I just grind that shit up, man. Right. Pure the shit of it. Okay, sorry. Olive oil, garlic, chilies, onion, and ginger all in the blender. Blend that shit up real good uh, in a big Dutch oven or a large pot. Throw in that other uh, what about a quarter quarter cup of olive oil. If you got some ghee, you can use some ghee. I don't know. I don't want to mess with that. Uh, Get that going about medium heat for a couple minutes. Get that olive oil hot. Then throw in your puree mixture and uh, kind of stir that around for about 10 minutes till it kind of gets soft and starts to turn color just a little bit. Then you're going to add your tomato paste and all those spices and uh, stir that around for about five more minutes till it's dark and sticky. Then you want to add about a cup and a half of water. Uh, I didn't use water. I used beer. So I put a cup and a half of Coors Original in there and uh, stir that shit around, scrape the bottom of the pan for any bits. like the Indians, too. (laughs) (laughs) Then you stir in the tomato puree and uh, turn it up to high heat. Let bring that shit to a boil. As soon as it gets to a boil, bring it back down to a simmer and uh, cover it and cook that for about an hour, stirring it occasionally. After about an hour, all that shit should be right where you need it to be. Final step is to take those chicken thighs, chop them up however you want them. I like little, you know, little cubes or strips, but uh, chop those chicken thighs in, throw that shit in there, cook it for about 15 minutes, and then the final step, uh, add the cream and the butter. So you're going to take that, uh, that two cups of cream and that whole stick of butter, and you're going to throw that shit in there and stir it all up, and that's going to take it from like a red to a nice orangey yellow, and then uh, a little salt in there at the end, and then serve it over rice, and if you want, chop up some cilantro to, to garnish that shit, and boom, butter, chicken. I've been eating that shit, seriously, five meals in a row. I made way too much. I don't like to I don't like to waste food. I put it on some eggs this morning. Made some scrambled eggs and put some of that. Uh, and I brought some for you. And boy, got that, sauce, that yeah. shit's good. Throw it on some veggies, whatever you want. Yeah. And by the way, if you don't want to, if you're doing vegetarian, this wouldn't be vegan because of the butter and the cream. But if you want to go vegetarian, substitute that chicken for whatever veggies you want. Just get you a bag of those frozen uh, microwavable uh, broccoli, cauliflower, carrots, whatever. And uh, instead of chicken, just throw some throw some veggies in there. Boom, you get your vegetarian. That's, that's, that's my party right now. Butter veggies instead of butter chicken. Everything, everything butter veggies, man. Everything butter chicken. Nick Vatterot has that joke. Oh, I'm dating a real butter dick. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. It's one sentence, and it's a perfect joke. Oh, that's great. All right. You got anything to plug there, buddy? No. Plug some shit, dude. When does this come plug out? Plug it up. Uh, this is coming out on the 29th. Uh, 29th. Oh, tomorrow night I'll be in Omaha, Nebraska at the waiting room. And Thursday I'll be in Des Moines, Iowa at Vaudeville Muse. 
And then that weekend, I'll be at the Turnbuckle Festival in Maquoketa, Iowa, at a barn called Codfish Hollow. Oh, that sounds fun. That's a real place. <laughs> I got some dates coming up. I'll be out uh, most of June. I'll run through a few of the dates. Eighth uh, and ninth of June, I'll be in Lowell, Arkansas, because I play all the big rooms. Playing uh, the Grove Comedy Club. Eighth and ninth. Eighth and ninth. Fifteenth uh, and sixteenth, I'll be in Springfield, Missouri, at the Blue Room Comedy Club. Seventeenth, uh, St. Louis, at the Southtown Pub. Nineteenth, Milwaukee, at the Underground Collaborative. And the twentieth, I'm in Chicago at North Bar. <laughs> yeah, buddy. More dates later, but uh, DumbDaveStone.com's got all those dates. I'm also going to Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, Columbus, Cleveland, Wilmington. Won't bore you with all those now. We'll the save that world. for next week. You're in the world. Out wandering around, dude. Well, man, I hope you feel better. I hope you change that too. Thanks. Gotta turn that frown upside down. I'm I'm getting through it. You just hang in there, buddy. Yeah, all right. All right. Holler at your boys. All right, mate. The Boogie Monster.